Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Let me do this. Um, usually we open with our black history fact and our regular opening, but Malcolm Nance is in Ukraine, and, and I want to get right to him. Uh, and first of all, thank you, um, Malcolm, for, for responding uh, to us. Um, I don't even know where to begin. What are you, what are you reading, feeling, and seeing on the ground there in Ukraine? Well, Joe, what I'm seeing is two entirely different worlds. And that's being that I came here about three weeks ago to assess the, uh, the viability of the Russian invasion based on being on the ground and speaking to officials here, uh, to look at the routes and avenues of approach that a Russian force would have to take to carry out the invasion that's you know, coming from the north. Uh, the Northeast, the East, and uh, the, the South, actually, if they were to invade Donbass, uh, um, Odessa. And, uh, and I also went out to the battlefront in Donbass uh, to uh, see how the current war that they've been having for eight years, uh, how that's progressing. And uh, so what I found here was quite different than what you're hearing in the United States. There is no sense of urgency, panic, or concern by the Ukrainian population at all, even today. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty wound up about the intelligence that I'm seeing. Uh, their attitude is they've been at war with Ukraine for eight years. Uh, they understand Putin. They know he's a thug. Uh, and if, they, you know, there's, they just don't believe that he would come in here and, and have to level the whole country that's been rebuilt since 1945 just to satisfy his own ego, uh, not to mention the fact that they have an army and they have the ability to resist and to fight back. One of the things, Malcolm, and I, I'm so glad you mentioned what you mentioned, I did hear one news report. Uh, from and I don't know what network, but they said people they validated what you said. Are you validated what they said? People are walking around. Uh, you know, there's no urgency. They're walking. You know, they're just doing their thing uh, for the very reason that you 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 pointed you you pointed out. Um, but and in your opinion, are they smart or are they foolish? Because America, and by the way, Americans, as you know, have been told, get out and get out now. Right. Well, you know, this reminds me of a circumstance that happened just prior to the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait in 1990. Uh, in August of 1990, you know, there was a 100,000-man army amassed on their border. Uh, the United States didn't take it particularly seriously. Uh, you know, the Iraqis called it a training exercise and the Kuwaitis, in order to ensure that it didn't happen, the royal family ordered everyone in the armed forces to take leave, ordered their air force to stand out and, you know, not patrol, same with the Navy. Uh, the Iraqis, of course, just delighted in that. They just, they just took it. So are, is in that same vein, are, are Ukrainians sleepwalking towards a war? where they're, you know, blissfully asleep and they're going to wake up with a rude awakening. 
that's possible. However, if if a, if a war happens here, and let me tell you something, let me let me not you know not just validate what the press is seeing here. Uh, I'm I'm hanging out with journalists. Uh, I hung out with a bunch of journalists who went down to the Donbass battlefront, and these guys were just flown in from Tel Aviv, London, uh, New York City. And, you know, their greatest challenge here is deciding what restaurant and bar to go to that night, right? Hmm. You know, I've been to war-torn cities. This city is as big, Kiev, is as big as Chicago. There's three and a half, maybe four and a half million people in that city. And it's huge. And it's modern. uh, And, uh, you know, it's no different to a certain extent than Munich or Stuttgart or, or other Western European cities. It's quite surprising. But what that being in, said, you know, they're, very, they're very concerned about the Russians. They just can't believe that the Russians would, you know, literally mm-hmm. level the country, because that's what it's going to take. Even the, coming to the capital, you see reports of the Russians could be at the capital in 72 hours. Well, they could be, but it'll take them three or four months you know, of nonstop, brutal, bloody, door-to-door, street-to-street fighting to take the city. Uh, It just can't be done. Yeah, and that's the other thing I've been hearing. Again, you're validating a lot of this, and that is this is is going to be door-to-door, you know, block-to-block. I've I've heard that. Now, let me—then the question is, then what is Putin— trying to do cuz here's here's what I said before you came on it appears to me and you're the expert in this area that Putin this isn't so much a land grab as it is I don't want NATO on my doorsteps i mean what is that viable if not what does he want what is he attempting to try and accomplish here what's his mission well if if he is making this as a ploy to, to to gain some giant compromise out of the Europeans or to split the Europeans away from the Americans or quite simply to get the, the threat so high to the point where he could literally say go and those forces would come in and devastate this country and, of course, be responsible for the collapse of the Russian economy because the world is just going to shut off for Russian money. And, and resources, if that's his goal, then he's failed already miserably. Uh, we are more uh, unified in the face of Russia. Uh, in fact, you know, NATO started out as 16 nations. Uh, there's a reason it's 30 nations now, because all of those countries that were post-Soviet, Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, Slovakia, all these countries did not want to have Russian threats against them. So they joined NATO, and so now there's 30 okay. countries. Yeah. It's quite so possible I, I, there could yeah. be 32 yeah. if Finland and Sweden joined because okay. of this threat. Yeah, and i got to correct myself because mm. uh, they, NATO is already on the border of Russia through several countries, correct? Yes, they are. Okay. Latvia, yeah, Lithuania, yeah. Lithuania, Estonia and Poland, uh, yeah, all border, yeah. border Russia. 
All right. So NATO's already on 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 the border of Russia. So I I won't stand corrected because you know the haters will chew me up and and you know, but, but you know so anyhow so I don't mind being corrected. Um, this this is oh oh I know fine, fine. let me I'll put I I don't know why I should do this but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, uh, you had Donald Trump is is now. They're they're running audio clips where he said that, you know, none of this happened when he was president um, and that uh, I think it was yesterday. Putin is tough, uh, smart and and funny. And because I think it was who was asked who 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 interviewed him, Bill, Bill O'Reilly. And and said none of this happened while I was president of the United States. Uh, and Bill O'Reilly asked him, "Well, what worthy things can you say about uh, Putin?" I'd just like to get your your response, as if I don't know what it's going to be. But I'll let you go <laughs> so, with it. I, I wrote three books about the Trump Russia scandal, all New York Times bestsellers. Donald Trump is a literally an acolyte of Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin was a KGB officer whose career field was to manipulate people into betraying their own country. And Donald Trump is just, you know, became so enamored with Vladimir Putin because he saw his toughness. He was everything that Trump was not. And so Trump became literally his little puppy, his lapdog. And to come out and say, well, this wouldn't have happened if I was president. Well, you're absolutely right. It wouldn't have happened. Because what would have happened is you would have Donald Trump would have rolled over and would have said, well, you know, let's stay out of Ukraine's troubles. Don't forget, Donald Trump is now was impeached because he literally tried to extort Ukraine with the thousand javelin missiles that we sent to them um, and wasn't going to send them to them if he didn't come up with a lie and claim that Joe Biden was was under investigation and that Hunter Biden was taking money, was on the take for money. And he got impeached for that. Everything that bad that happened with Donald Trump came from Ukraine. Here's another one. His campaign manager, Paul Manafort, who was hand-selected to become his campaign manager, was the guy who was the dirty trickster helping the Yanukovych government that the Ukrainian people overthrew in 2014 to become a Western democracy. That guy was 100% pro-Moscow. And Paul Manafort was here taking his money to keep them into, keep these people suppressed and in the, in the Russian sphere. Yeah, Donald Trump's right. It wouldn't have happened. Mm. It would have just been a walk-in under Donald Trump, and he would have turned it all over to them. And again, Donald Trump wanted to end NATO. So, you know, the man's a moron. No one should ever listen to him. All right. Hey, be safe over there, please. Uh, and uh, I, I thank you again so much for taking the time to to respond. I'm really quite impressed at how clear uh, the uh, the phone call is, to, to be honest. But uh, well, the, yeah. the war hasn't started, the jamming hasn't hit, and uh, you know the the phone system is very good over here. Well, you know the other. I'm sorry. One more thing, if you don't mind. Sure. If if for if 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 hot war does break out. And I know that Biden has said there won't be any troops on the ground. We will not intervene in in, in the war in in fighting. 
Um, you've been around uh, at, at this. I, I'm one of these folks who say, you know, all it's going to take is just one incident and we're in. Y- your opinion. I don't see that because, one, uh, all U.S.-related forces have left. Now, if the Russians try to provoke something, mm-hmm. like try to shoot down one of our strategic reconnaissance aircraft, we have RC-135s flying around, and they have, you know, like 50 passengers on board. Um, that would be on the Russians. Uh, we're not in a, in, a, in a position where they would do anything. However, you know, the, all the Ukrainians want is simply this. And I, I, I was with the commander of the Ukrainian army uh, a few days ago. They mm-hmm. want the weapons that will help them defeat a ah, Russian offensive. Okay. And that's the Javelin missile. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I tweeted this to the House Democrats and the Congressional Black Caucus. Give them all the Javelins they want. Thousands of them. 5,000 ought to do it. Because those missiles are deal breakers. The Russians don't know how to deal with that weapon. And that's why Trump tried to extort Ukraine with those missiles. Because it was critical to Ukraine. I got you. You know, now we may find out in the next 24 hours that this American technology may save this country. I send send them more. Send them until Vladimir Putin understands that there's two for every tank. And and, and do you think that do you think that Biden is saying that to to Putin? Look, man, I mean, what you just said. I'm going to send them 5,000 plus. Now, you can't stop me. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, if, I know. Uh, if he's saying that to them, the Russians should understand that. You know, I mean, there's ways to get those. If we should take anything from Ronald Reagan, right, in the Iran-Contra scandal. Uh, there's ways to covertly send weapon systems to countries that, oh, yeah. you know, we yeah. don't want to do. So, you know, giant truckloads of Javelin missiles could be, you know, fall. You know, they could be falling off a truck on the Ukrainian uh, Polish border, and Ukrainians pick them up, right? So, but if I were president and advising this president, I would make right. a national priority of this. I would say the U.S. Army Europe is going to turn over ten thousand javelin missiles if this war progresses. Which means mm. by the time you get towards Kiev and the time you get towards the Dnipro River. There's going to be enough javelins in there to make sure that every Russian tank burns. Yeah. All right. Malcolm, thank you so much. Be safe. Appreciate it. It's my pleasure. All right. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.